Welcome to episode 59 of Communicast, a communication skills podcast. I'm Scott D'Amico, president of Communispond, a global communication skills training organization. It's the intangibles that set you apart. Excellent perspective from my guest this episode, Chrissy Fay. Chrissy is an executive search consultant and CEO of Sky Consulting Services. In this episode, we talk about how to leverage communication skills for interviews, the importance of breathing, and how to know when to stop talking. I hope you enjoy. Chrissy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Really looking forward to our conversation. Before we dive too deep into things, why don't you perhaps tell the listeners just a little bit about you, your career journey, and the work that you're doing today? Sure. So um, I actually grew up in recruiting talent acquisition. There's several names for it. Um, and no one, you know, thinks this is something that they're going to get into. You kind of fall into it and either you love it or you don't. Um, so I've worked at various agencies as well as on the corporate side, running a full desk recruiting um, and then really getting into management and really heading it up as a director of talent acquisition, where in some companies I built it out from scratch for them and then ran it for them globally. So today I own my own executive search firm and been doing it all for myself. And um, it's just something I love to do. I feel like it's my way of helping people. That's fantastic. And it plays such a critical part for an organization's life cycle. If you think about yeah. it, really the lifeblood of it are those employees coming in and attracting and retaining yeah. the right candidates. And if I think through from the lens of, of, of a recruiter, throughout my career, I've worked with a number of recruiters, both on hiring people and then also being hired in, into different positions. Yeah. Uh, but if I think about the role that a recruiter plays, it's so crucial and Communication plays such a big part of it for a number of reasons. One, I can just only imagine the volume of communications that are going back and forth in a recruitment cycle, especially at a large organization. But I think more importantly, as that somewhat first face of the organization, the first voice that they connect with, you're really helping to tell the story of the organization, tell the story of the company why it would be a great place for them to work and just really mm -hmm. kind of taking them along that journey. And I, I would think throughout your career, you've probably encountered some, some folks that are great storytellers, great communicators, maybe some not so much, but you know, from your perspective, what do you think, what does it mean when somebody is a really good communicator or a strong communicator? I mean, honestly, the key things to me in being a strong or really excellent communicator is, listening and being fully present in the discussion. Um, and those are things that not only I strive to do for myself every day, but I actually coach a lot of candidates interviewing on. Um, even in the interview process, be fully present, bring your energy to a level of a discussion and focus solely on what they're asking of you and provide a good example of that. And you really need to be able to communicate that effectively while still building that rapport and being likable and approachable and all those wonderful, you know, intangibles that really no one can help you with other than pointing some things out and helping you to correct them. So I think to me that those are key things um, in any organization I've been in throughout my career. I will tell you there have been some 
excellent communicators, people that understand to be present and really listen and empathize and be able to convey what they're trying to say. And then there's others, right? And I think um, there's always room for improvement in every circle, especially in the corporate world, because you're you're tasked with a million other things. So understanding that, but yes, we we communicate. That is the key to our success in executive search for sure. I love that you brought up listening and being present and tied them together. Quite honestly, you cannot be an effective listener if you aren't present. You're, you're going to hear things, you're going to pick up on things, but if you're not fully present in a conversation, whether it's an interview, a friendly chat with uh, an, an old acquaintance or an important sales meeting, whatever it is, if you're not present, if you're thinking about what am I going to say next, you're already formulating your responses, you're thinking about the laundry list of things you have to do throughout the day, it is hard to to ultimately listen and I think come across as genuine and authentic and really curious about what's going on. So as as you're working with with candidates, and we even talked about this a little bit right before we press record, where I was like, all right, I need to turn off all my distractions, right? I got to yeah. turn my phone off, do not disturb, close the office doors. You know, what are some tips that you give to people to really help them to be more present? Yeah. So, you know, I equate, especially interviewing, right? So candidates is a great example of this, right? Interviewing is nerve wracking. It is right up there with public speaking. Everybody wants to be the person picked for the kickball team, right? <laughs> Even if they don't want to be on that team. Okay. And so I, I tell people all the time, that first of all, it's all about preparation, getting your prep done the night before, make sure you're, you, you already have details drawn out in your mind. But really to be fully present within that interview process, I, I actually tell everyone, close your eyes a few minutes before going on and focus on your breath. A couple deep breaths in and out to bring your energy level down to here and allow yourself to fully be present before you hop on. And what that does, it just clears your head. You've already done your prep. You've got all that out of the way. Mm -hmm. Make sure your phone's away from you, right? And just really be present in that conversation. I also tell them that, you know, depending on if they get nervous or not, some do, surprisingly, some don't, or at least state that they don't. And I will tell you that even for myself, I've been doing this for over 30 years. And if I'm going on an interview for myself, I my nerves kick in that last second, right? Mm -hmm. So if, if they meditate, I actually strongly recommend that they meditate a few minutes before um, just anything to kind of get the energy out ahead of time and then bring it down so that they can just have that conversation. It's really no different than bumping into somebody at Starbucks and then asking what you do. It's it's so interesting that you brought up the connection between you interviewing and public speaking. You Really what the company that I work for does for its main business is we coach people on their presentation and public speaking skills. And I see so many parallels to what you just said about how you focus on being present for an interview, same way you need to focus and be present for your communication, the idea of preparation. So if, if I've done my homework, I know all about this company, I've prepared several questions that I'm going to ask, I've perhaps prepared for several questions that I anticipate that I will be asked that's going to allow you to kind of, I don't want to say shut your mind off, but really allow you to not be always processing when the other person is speaking. And that's ultimately a marker of your, your being present. And then the breathing component of it, one of the 
critical things to enable breathing during an interview or a speech or a presentation is you have to stop talking and being comfortable with a pause. That's where in both public speaking, as well as with interviews, people get nervous when there's a silence, even if it's a second or two. But when the interviewer asks you a question, it's okay to take a couple seconds, take a beat, pause, gather your thoughts, and then respond. It does a few things. Brings your nerves levels down because you can breathe. And then it also signals to the interviewer that you were actually listening and you took time to process and you don't just immediately jump in. So, so many benefits to this idea of pausing and breathing and just that how they're interconnected between both disciplines. And I don't know if you've ever heard of the, I mean, it's been around for decades, but the STAR method, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, when we talk about prepping, right, the prep use of the STAR method, there's a method to that madness. It's not just so that they can paint the picture for the person and they know they've had a time when they've dealt with that, but it's more so that it reminds the person that nervous energy they get to the result and then they stop talking. I had to learn this myself over the years, right? It, it, it's, I don't need to fill up every gap mm-hmm. in the conversation. And if you're nervous, you have a tendency to want to do that more. So this allows you to just be okay with the silence, the comfortable silence, and then wait for the next thing. Um, and there's confidence in that. Um, you can feel good about who you are and what you're presenting in that. And it, it just allows for the other person to receive it a little bit better too, and possibly even process what you've just said. Well, that's interesting. I never thought about the STAR method as really kind of coming to a logical conclusion with the results. So that's your natural cue to just stop talking and then give that other person the chance. Oh, so you don't keep rambling on and on and on. You follow that path, get to your result stop and cut it off. Oh, that's, that's, that's a great way to think about that. And, you know, as I kind of just think through, you know, the, the the interview process and what people go through and the nerves, just being comfortable doing your prep breathing, and then having a methodology to follow really can help set you apart from, from other people. Most of this is building that rapport, right? So mm -hmm. Look, you, you have to be yourself. You have to be genuine, right? You have to come across um, the way you would to anyone that's been working with you. But there's a confidence in that too, that I think most people have a tendency to lose as they're speaking, mm-hmm. especially for something as important as an interview or public speaking. And there's a genuineness that people identify with. So if you mm-hmm. lose that genuineness from yourself or even the messaging you're trying to convey, it'll get lost. Definitely. And I think that the authenticity and the genuineness can come across with the questions that you ask. And going back to where we started, listening and being present is going to enable you to ask thoughtful, relevant questions. And also really listening, you're going to get the cues as to when is it the right time to stop? And when I talk about listening a lot, obviously we listen with our ears, but we also listen with our eyes, whether it is on a Zoom call or you're you're in person for a a meeting, an interview, whatever it is, you need to be paying attention to the physical cues, the body language and listening there because you're likely going to pick up on some things that'll say, okay, 
I've gone on too long, or maybe they're disinterested in this. I need to move on to my next point. Really listening and knowing when to stop is a key skill. And I, I teach this a lot to my kids. Like once you get the answer you want, you get your yes, you stop talking. Don't keep overselling. And they're still working on that one. But yeah, once you know, definitely cut it off. That is a, a great skill to have. You, Chrissy, with the work that you're doing, especially around executive search, when, once you get to certain levels in organizations, you know, communication becomes a critical part of, of really what they're looking for, whether it's at you know, a, a C-suite level, being able to really vision cast and kind of cascade your message out there to motivate people to really help drive performance and accountability. Communication plays a big part in all of that. So from you know, the organizations that you are working with and the clients that you're placing, what are some of the key skills that the companies are looking for today in their leaders? You know, it's interesting. It does depend. Um, I will say I've seen some variances, but for the most part, everyone, I want to say, checks the same boxes in a sense. Um it varies. I actually do all levels, even though it's executive search, it is the way that they partner with me that's different. Okay. So I'm looking for that leadership, um, meaning someone that knows how to mentor and grow their teams, cares about their people, right? Um, has a passion and drive for what they do. You know, it's it, a lot of times what I have seen is, and this is why I have the process I do, it's more about the intangibles than not, right? Mm -hmm. You can easily match up a resume to a job description if you're in my field and have done it long enough to be able to eyeball it and go, okay, there's enough transferable skill sets there, right? I understand that resume fits that job, but it's the intangibles ultimately that are going to make them stand out from everyone else. And so a lot of times, even when I'm going through um, what I call the intake process, so if I have an opportunity that I'm working on to help the, a firm um, or a company find the top talent, I will do an intake meeting. I want to speak with the hiring manager. I want to understand really what are you looking for? Let's get underneath the job description. That only mm -hmm. tells one story. It doesn't tell the whole story. And I always ask them, you know, can we safely assume there's no such thing as a perfect candidate? just like there's no such thing as a perfect company. And mm -hmm. if that's the case, what are the top five things you want to see from the candidate? And let's safely assume, let's prioritize those. We're going to say one through three are must-haves, four and five ones to grow on, right? Maybe mm -hmm. the skills that we can bring bring in them. And nine times out of 10, it, those top three are always the intangibles. It is more about their soft skill sets than what they have on the paper. And it's interesting. Yes, the paper has to match up. Don't get me wrong. The resume has sure. to be there. But it is usually, okay, I need somebody that can take this and run. I need somebody that is, you know, motivated, driven, that um, passionate about their people, that is a good communicator, right? Things of, of that nature that I have to uncover for them that you can't read from a resume. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of people take that for granted, the importance of those intangibles or the soft skills, durable skills, 21st century skills, whatever people are calling them today. They, they, there's all kinds of names out there, but 
if you take two candidates that on paper, perhaps they look very similar, right? Same number of years of experience, type of work experience, educational background, all those different variables. Then you put both of them in front of a hiring manager. It is amazing the discrepancy that you might receive in the feedback on those candidates that seemingly appear to be on the same page on paper. But when you start to factor in those intangibles, do they listen? Are they present? Are they asking questions? Are they able to succinctly communicate their thoughts and ideas, persuade and influence people? You start to layer in all these things and it just makes a massive difference from, from an organizational perspective and then also a results perspective when this person can quickly come in, build rapport with people, establish relationships, network throughout the organization things that typically aren't going to appear on a job description, but there are all these other things that are happening kind of behind the scenes, so to speak, that really helps accelerate their success at the company. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the other part of that is really the psyche behind it, right? So when I'm talking to a hiring manager, either, I want to know that the team understands whoever's interviewing this individual, right? They're all on the same page. Do they understand what they're interviewing for? Has each one been assigned an area of focus, right? What does that look like? Because you want a good candidate experience. You want to know everybody's in it. You want to you want to have a feedback session so that they can discuss this together um, so that the hiring manager can make the best decision possible. But on the candidate side, I always tell them, you're any good candidate is interviewing them as much as they're being interviewed. Mm-hmm. Right, you want to know that this is a good place for you to move on to. That this is a, the right next step in your career. So, you know, I, I think a lot of times for especially people that are actively looking, right? I'll, I'll get a lot of people reaching out to me. Can you help me? Can you help me? I'll I'll have a conversation with them. They don't know what they want, right? They are just I, I just need something. No, mm-hmm. you don't want just something. You want the right thing. And you have to kind of give them back that control that they feel as though is lost, especially if they've been out of work for a little while, right? There starts to be that feeling of, oh my gosh, I need a job and understanding we all have to pay the bills at the end of the Mm -hmm. day. But it's more about helping them to recognize, hey, you've got a skill set. You're worthy of more than just a paycheck. And let's discuss what that looks like and what are your aspirations and how do we get you there, right? And helping them to understand, okay, get on this interview and make sure you have your questions ready. Make sure that you're hearing things that aren't sending you red flags, you know, and that it makes sense for you. And to be honest with you, even in my initial discussion, before I even discuss the opportunity, I ask them what their aspirations are. I want to know where they want to head, what that looks like. And if that will fit not only the company that I'm representing, right, but the opportunity that I'm representing. And Mm -hmm. I'll be very upfront and honest about that right at the get-go, because there's no point in wasting anyone's time. And I don't want to spend anyone's wheels or put them into a situation that doesn't suit them. The candidate experience is critical. I mean, oftentimes it's going to turn somebody off from a potential job opportunity because the things that you do aren't happening, right? They're really not trying to uncover, you know, why this, why now, is this the right fit? What are the goals? Is there alignment? both for the company and for the the candidate coming in. And I've been with Communispawn for a little over six years now. So it's been a while since I've gone through that process. Mm -hmm. But I remember when I came here, 
I was going for two different opportunities. I was in process here with an outside recruiter, an external recruiter, and then another organization that was working with an advocate that I had there as well as their internal team. And while the processes were very different, there were a lot of similarities in the fact that it was a good experience because of how the recruiters were communicating. It was clear, it was timely, and it was just open and honest communication. If you hit those three things, it just really helps to set you apart from a lot of other organizations. It can be a differentiator for your brand and for your company to have that excellent employee experience on the front end. Yeah, for sure. Totally agree. Chrissy, as you think about your career and the experience and the success that you've had, what are you maybe one or two of your key communication skills that have really helped get you to where you are today? It would honestly be the same things that I coach everyone else on. Um, first of all, if I can't do it myself, I can't tell other people to do it, right? But I've learned to be very present in my discussions. Um, and I try to really listen and I definitely have empathy. That's for sure. I think that's something I've always had I, I just naturally, but, um, obviously grown over the years. So I, I think that those are the key things for me because look, everybody's situation is different and everybody's going through something you know nothing about. Right. So mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's really understanding that person's perspective and trying to be the best advocate you can for them, not only on the candidate side, but on the business side, right? I'm helping organizations and without that person, right? They are short a person, they have double work, right? They've got a ton going on and they're not meeting their deadlines possibly. There's a million things happening. So I understand the importance of that. I try to take the pressure off in a way that lets them know that I've got this piece. You've got your full-time job, which is all the other stuff, right? I'm going to find you the talent. Mm -hmm. You've just got to make that call, right? At that, at that time. And I think it just, if I wasn't fully present, I didn't listen and I couldn't empathize, I, then I wouldn't get it, right? I wouldn't be able to match it up or align it. And that partnership is it really wouldn't be there, not in the way that I've had it. So I'm pretty lucky that way. And I think all three of those skills that you leverage on the employer side, I'm sure work equally as good on the candidate side, right? Oh, yeah. Listening, I mean, present, yeah. especially the empathy, because a lot of times people all around, I don't, don't want to speak for, but you know, if you think people going through the recruiting phase, they're either in, I would assume one of two camps, they are maybe three. Passively looking and employed, actively looking and employed, and then unemployed and actively looking. All three of those, you have to have some layer of empathy for what they're going through. It's going to be different for each of those phases, and they're going to be dealing with different things. But being able to connect with and understand and empathize where they are in that particular phase, whether they've been out of work for a while and they they you know really need to find something and kind of helping them to guide them through that to make sure it is the right fit. Or maybe they're just disengaged at their job and they're actively out there being able to connect there. And then on the flip side, somebody might be kind of solid where they're at, but uh, they're open to entertaining ideas. Being able to make those connections and empathize with what they're dealing with is a critical skill. Yeah, there's actually one other camp um, because I'm an executive search, right? I'm actually tapping on people's shoulders that aren't out there at all. They're just 
they're in their jobs, they're doing what they do, but their background seems to fit the profile of what I'm looking for. Um, and so for them, it's like, why, why would I speak with you? Right. There, I've been maybe a million other types of, uh, various people within the space trying to reach me mm-hmm. or I'm happy. I'm not actively looking. Right. Um, so it's, it's really about, again, the art of, okay, shifting gears, right. What is your situation? And knowing that each situation is very individualized, you know, it, you don't have boxes, there's no clumps. It's, you know, everybody's situation's different. Um, we've all been there, by the way. I've been in organizations that have had layoffs that have, you know, I've worked with that. And it's very daunting and and paralyzing to some. It's very yeah. traumatic. So you, just understanding where they're coming from, putting in perspective, and hopefully adding value regardless of the situation. There's so many people that I try to help, even though I have nothing specifically for them. It's okay. Here's some here's some things you can do. Let me let me engage with my network. If there's anything I see, I'll make sure to refer for you over to it. Right? Things of that nature where a lot of times people just want to be heard and understood and don't know how to go about certain things and it's more about that education and understanding. Absolutely. So Chrissy, we've talked about these skills of of listening, being present, empathizing with folks. Who is someone from throughout your career that has perhaps influenced that style? Maybe somebody, you know, a mentor, colleague, family member, whatever it may be, but you know, they they've had some influence on your communication style today. If I'm being completely honest, I don't know that there was any one person mm-hmm. that I looked up to and said that's somebody I want to emulate or I like their style. I think there's probably pieces. Um, and I've been fortunate enough to have, you know, I want to say one or two really good leaders who, um, no matter what, and no matter what level you were at, you could knock on their door and sit down with them and have that discussion. And I think that's key. You know, again, people want to be seen, they want to be heard, and they want to know you're listening and paying attention to that. Um, those really great leaders really made up a lot for the ones that weren't so great yeah. um, and allowed me to see the difference. So I don't know that there's any one person that I can say love their communications well. And if you had to, you know, high in the sky, mm-hmm. you know, I used to love and I'm sure many people do, but I loved Oprah um, from Mm -hmm. this viewpoint that she just spoke very authentically, right? It was always from the heart. And I felt like if I was always authentically myself, then there's no better way to be. Um, So that that definitely um, influenced me in that way to just, it's okay, you don't have to protect yourself so much. Mm-hmm. You can be yourself and put yourself out there. And if people don't appreciate it, they don't. And that's okay, you know, but you don't always have that confidence, especially in these situations. So it was interesting what you said about having you know, a couple of good leaders throughout your career. And whenever you land with a leader like that, and perhaps you came from a leader that was maybe not like that, and right. how eye-opening it can be oh, when yeah. you you have somebody that truly is a leader and perhaps maybe not a manager world of difference between the two. And the great thing is, is that sometimes maybe when you're with the quote 
bad leader or whatever you want to call them, non-leader, sometimes it can be hard to, to learn things in the moment. But oftentimes when you move out of that and you're able to reflect a little bit and you experience something different, you can go, oh, okay, here's how maybe not to do it. Now I can see how to do it. So you get those, those two perspectives there. And I'm a big fan of always learning every interaction I have. I'm trying to pick something up, good, bad, or ugly, right? I, I'm going to learn from this scenario, whether something to do or something to make sure that I avoid doing. And great leaders are such as a gift because they help us to just learn so much. Absolutely. I mean, I'm the same way. I always say I can learn from every single person around me. Doesn't matter their level, their title, none of that matters. Um, I try to learn something from every single person and there's always something to learn. So mm -hmm. I love that aspect, but also, you know, what you said, but in the reverse. So coming from, um, you know, a good leadership and going into a bad situation, you recognize it almost immediately. And by that, it's too late because you're in it. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, but it is, it does. I always say pain is where the growth is, right? So mm -hmm. if you experience the pain, then you have to look at it and go, what have I learned from this? And what can I take away from this to make things better going forward? And that's the key. Pain is where the growth is. I like that. Chrissy, as we're wrapping up here, what piece of closing advice would you have for folks listening to this, just in general around their communication skills and the role that they can play in their career and really life success? I'd say a few things. Definitely be genuine and authentic, but know your audience at the same time. And what I mean by that is, you know, uh, do you want to talk to everybody like they're your best friend? Maybe not, right? Consider your audience, understand what the conversation consists of, mm -hmm. but still be you, you know, show that side of you, show your humanality. Um, the empathy is key. And honestly, the I cannot tell you, especially in today's world, we, we've kind of beat this to a pulp, but being present is so important. We have so many distractions. Everybody's got a phone. Everybody's got a million different things going on. Even if I'm sitting with a girlfriend at breakfast, you know, um, on a weekend, you know, if they're like this while I'm talking, I, I just stop talking. I know I'm not being listened to, right? So that is key. Um, and I, I think that that will take people a really long way. Great advice. Really focus on being present, practice that empathy and be genuine. I think if you do those three things, you will be well on your way to developing your communication skills. Chrissy, thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed our conversation. I did as well. Thank you so much for asking me to be here, Scott. And I look forward to uh, more of your podcasts going forward, for sure. Absolutely. And if anyone out there is looking to connect with you around any type of search needs, what is the, the best way for them to do that? Sure. So my website is www.scs-search.com. And my email is cfay at scs-search.com. Perfect. I'll be sure to include that in the show notes so anyone can get in touch with you if uh, if they have any interest. So thank you so much. Hope you have a great day. Thank you, Scott. Same to you. Take care. A special thanks again to my guest, Chrissy Fay. Chrissy's point about pain is where the growth is, is spot on. While uncomfortable in the moment, it is often those painful and uncomfortable moments that enable us to grow and learn the most. As we wrap up this episode, remember, 
the journey of improving communication skills is ongoing. Make sure to stay connected with Communicast by subscribing so you can benefit from conversations with future guests. If you found value in today's episode, I'd be grateful for your support. Leaving a rating or review is a fantastic way to let us know the impact this show has had on you. Thanks and have a great day.